are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and I'm joined by Carmen Perry. Today on the show, we have Daniel Williams from Samtech, a connector cable optics company uh, based out of the U.S., and Daniel is the digital marketing director there. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you guys for having me. It's fantastic to have you on the on the show today, Daniel. It's good to be chatting. Um, I uh, I wonder if um, if before we get underway, uh, look, I just think you have a you, you come to this business of marketing uh, from a very unique uh, point of view. So let's get that out on the table right now to let people know who they're talking to. Um, so before you were a marketer, you were a developer. Give us a little bit of that background and uh, talk to us about your uh, tenure at Samtech. Well, believe it or not, I, I don't think a lot of digital marketing folks like myself come from a developing background, uh, but but I did. Uh, and so a long path here at Samtech started me as a uh, software developer working on our internally facing systems, uh, pricing systems and delivery calculators and uh, even our quality systems over time. Uh, and that led me into uh, development on our website. Uh, we started our website in the uh, late 90s, much like everyone else. Uh, and around the time I was finishing up my, uh, the time they would let me have in, in software development before I started messing things up, uh, they asked me to move over and, and kind of give some attention to our website and see what I could do with it. Uh, and my development background and my knowledge of our internal systems really just allowed me to uh, start to craft an e-commerce experience there that was kind of the foundation of what would become what our website is today. Uh, so that kind of kicked off a, a decent career in e-commerce and, and led me into digital marketing and, and, a, and a good passion for uh, marketing as, as I am today. Very cool. And I think um, that's really where I want to dive into for, 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 for much of this conversation is that that experience that you've had in um, evolving the Samtech Ecom experience uh, over time, and and the and the basically that that tension that we hear so much about in in, in the space of manufacturing marketing these days, this notion of B two C expectations and B two C experiences being expected or delivered, et cetera, uh, in a B two B space, and. Um, I, I, I'm going to hope uh, for our, for our listeners that we'll be able to uh, to to I guess uh, chat about about this from a variety of different perspectives and hopefully uh, hopefully cover it as well as we can here today. So mm-hmm. um, I guess Dan, talk to me about that some more because I know that um, you've uh, I've read some of your writing on LinkedIn and other places uh, w- with respect to. Um, B2C experiences uh, in the B2B space. Um, talk to me about the similarities and talk to me about when you need to be eyes wide open about the differences. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> we, we traditionally started as a, a real B2B focused e-commerce experience. And and it was primarily out of the naivety that, that we thought that's just what was required. Uh, but as, as a lot of these e-commerce giants, uh, Amazon, for example, and, and and the rest of the digital world has grown up. All of these engineers, um, and, and largely those are our customers, our engineers and procurement pro- professionals, on the weekend, they are B2C shoppers. 
and you cannot you cannot retrain them Monday to Friday to have lower expectations uh, because what they've enjoyed on the weekend that the things that were easy uh, while they were shopping for e-commerce or or their their personal personal needs they they grow accustomed to that and, and come Monday when they come back in the office if if that checkout process is is a burden or is cumbersome it's whether right or wrong, it's a negative reflection of your company, uh, and they they remember that. And you've got to you've got to start to mimic what what made them happy on the weekend, and that's really a, a lot of what we try to do on on Samtech.com is to uh, remove remove those cumbersome checkout processes, get into making it easy, uh, you know, single page checkouts, uh, remembering preferences. Uh, you know, when I, when I shop on the weekends, I would rather shop at the place who remembers my shipping preferences than the place that has it just a little bit cheaper. Uh, now that may be, that may be lazy, uh, but, but it's easy and it's, and it's what keeps me coming back to that website. Well, but man, people are lazy, aren't they? It's interesting too, because I think as, uh, as you mentioned, like on the weekend versus weekday, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the people that work at Kula Partners. Um, I All I know is that there's an awful lot of product that arrives at our doors from Amazon <laughs> uh, through the week. That is uh, not a, a business purchase, but instead a, uh, a, a personal purchase that gets sent to the office. And I'm sure that that's happening in, in other workplaces unless uh, I'm we're incredibly unique. Um, and, and, and therefore, it's, it's frankly the... The, the, the purchase experience that they're even having in part through their work day, because of course people are doing personal things on work time. Oh, certainly. It's, I mean, I, I can, I can walk through the office and see, see a lot of browsers and, it, and it's multitasking anymore. Uh, and that's what, that's the easy part. You know, I said lazy a second ago, but really it's, I don't want to say it's lazy. I want to say it's easy. Uh, if I have the ability to be 100% effective in my day, uh, buying what I need for work and for pleasure and, and just throughout the day, then I need that easy, I need that easy process. Uh, and that's the one nine out of 10 times the consumer is going to take. I think, um, uh, I think one of the places that this comparison falls down a bit or where people fall down in making it is that they get, you know, maybe a bit too literal. Um, you know, they obviously there's a number of B2B purchases that aren't going to happen via a credit card. They're going to happen via a PO or some other means. And checkout processes need to be accommodating of that. So just mimicking a B2C checkout experience in a B2B environment may not be um, the most ideal scenario. I, I guess that 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 literal interpretation sometimes leads to an oversimplification. Um, do, you, do you find that uh, as you've... Uh, evangelized, if you will, this um, uh, B2B ought to be more like B2C. Do you have to at least have a few yeah buts or caveats in there? Yeah, somewhat. Um, you know, I, more and more I find that it's... You don't sound convinced. <laughs> well, I, in the past I've found that there were a lot of yeah buts, uh, but the yeah buts are going away. Um, there used to be, yeah, it can be similar, but I need to accept a... Uh, a, a P card, which was like a purchaser card. And I think that was, that was fairly popular uh, several years ago. Uh, and now it's just, you don't need to just, it's, it's more of a yeah and. Uh, it's yeah and you need to accept this other payment and this payment process and this payment portal. Uh, you need to almost be all things to all people. Uh, 
because we're not just a, a U.S. company. Uh, you know, we're a global company. The minute you put yourself on on the web, you are now global, and your audience is checking out in in different payment processes and different currencies. And you've you've got to tap into those markets and understand what is the the local preference. Uh, and that's got to be something that's accommodating, uh, whether it's a a cash based system or a credit based system or or even a PO and an invoice based system. But you're saying it doesn't absolve one of the uh, requirement to be more B to C in the uh, experience that they're delivering. No, I think the I think the experience is is always B to C first. Uh, I think it is B to C mindset uh, because it's it is what's easy and fast. Uh, and the faster you can get me through the checkout process, the faster you can get product in hand. Uh, that gets me into a it gives me an advantage over my competition that I can start my design. Uh, because I have the product in hand to to start moving through the manufacturing process. What advice would you have for B two B e commerce marketers who are, um, I guess, trying to uh, struggle with the first steps of how to make that experience more B two C? I guess when and I, you know, it could be hard to uh, give a global recommendation. I uh, understand, but. At the same time, where do you see most of them falling down? I know we talk about ease of use and the experience is somewhat synonymous. Uh, can we dig into that a little bit further? Do you see them falling down mostly on the checkout experience, mostly on product categorization, overall search. site design, product search? Yeah, what, 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 talk to me. Search is huge. Uh, and, and search is one thing that you're oftentimes not going to beat the giants. Uh, so, so maybe join them, right? So if if I have a, a large amount of customers that are searching elsewhere for my products, uh, if they're searching at Amazon or they're searching through distribution, uh, I need to be there. And, and I don't ne- just need to be there, but I need to be there and be there effectively, which means my, my data, my information. Uh, I, need to, I need to be available in the channel. Uh, and, if, and if that leads through a, uh, a purchase at my site, that's great. Uh, so it's search is hard to beat the experts at, uh, and, and what I mean by that is, is largely people like Amazon. They have they have parametric search engines. It's that are data focused, built on data for years and years of information. Um, you can't you can't be afraid to reuse those strategies uh, and reuse that that reach that they have. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you're not going to out Amazon. Amazon, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you aren't going to out Amazon them, then then use Amazon to to jumpstart it. You know, you Amazon uh, business has they have products. They, they will they will list your products for you, uh, or they will let you leverage their checkout process directly. Um, I, I do think that is somewhat where the industry is trending, is that you're going to either do your best to to mimic Amazon, uh, or you're going to allow Amazon to help you. We see a lot with the number of the manufacturers that we work with that they'll actually have their own e-commerce platform and that that will feed up into Amazon, maybe not the entire catalog, but portions of it um, so that they can reap some of that reward for their, you know, a lot of high turnover product or, or things like that, that, uh, that Amazon would be a good choice for. Oh, certainly. I, I see a lot of folks putting putting portions of their catalog on Amazon, uh, and and just because it's there doesn't mean it's it's there forever. Uh, I think I think a lot of people do it for marketing 
reach and exposure. Um, the first place I go to buy socks is Amazon. Uh, that doesn't make Amazon the best sock maker or, or distributor in the, on the planet, uh, but it's something that it's a necessity. Uh, it's quick and easy. Uh, I can get it in one click and, and be done. Uh, and that's just one less thing I have to worry about today. I'm going to resist the urge to go down the road of talking about my online sock buying experiences <laughs> because it may be the category of e-commerce I have the most consumer experience in. And uh, I think we will pick this up after the show. Um, so <laughs> we talk about Amazon business uh, and, and it's a bit of a – uh, you know, it's almost like a Morgan Freeman-esque kind of approach. If you got to get busy living or get busy dying, this sounds like what you're saying to me. Mm -hmm. um, am I overstating your point? No, no, I don't. I don't think you are at all. I think I think you're right on. Uh, it's they're not going away at all. Uh, and there, like I said, there are a lot of ways to to use Amazon, uh, whether it's directly and listed on there, uh, or even just just imitation. Uh, we have we have built a checkout process uh, that is streamlined and, and meant for similar to a one-click approach. Uh, it's it's not Amazon's approach because Amazon has a a B two C uh, almost 100% logged in user uh, opportunity, so they they can remember those preferences. Uh, but being that we are B two B and we're trying to be like B two C, the the differences come in that. We don't always we don't always know as much about the users Amazon does about theirs, uh, so we had to stray a little bit different from there, uh, and we also have to require other parts of data for compliance. So while we can't mimic them exactly, we can we can reflect them, uh, and and kind of follow their lead with I see what they were doing, I see how they were trying to make it easy. I'm going to try to make it easy in my scope. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, and. Uh, it's interesting as Jeff, as you were mentioning with respect to, um, just, a, you know, perhaps a limited number of SKUs from the catalog or what have you being, uh, being on Amazon and one of the other approaches that we've seen time and again, people, um, using marketplaces like Amazon to test new products or new SKUs, mm -hmm. uh, um, split test new SKUs in that environment versus bringing it over to their, their, um, their main e-com environment. So I think there are lots of different ways to uh i guess to uh to get busy living versus uh, doing <laughs> the dying part we talked about um daniel i got beyond amazon uh, where, where else are you uh making sure that uh that that, that samtech is coming to life beyond the the e-commerce experience that you're providing um aggregators etc I guess explore that with me a bit. Yeah, as as I mentioned, that Amazon is is so good at search uh, and, and finding the product that there are certain aggregators, if you will, uh, or industry vertical search engines uh, that are able to be better at Amazon at search because they have a limited scope of products uh, in our industry. That is connectors, cables, and as you said, things like that, uh, and and. The search engines in our industry are, are folks like Octopart, uh, OEM Secrets, those kind of guys, and they are collecting uh, amounts of our data as well as distributor data, and they're offering it all in one space. Uh, and when I say aggregator, the, the, the correlation to that in the B2C space is is a 
a flight aggregator or a hotel aggregator, just a travel, like, like an Expedia.com or a Kayak.com. Uh, so oftentimes the a consumer in our space needs a widget, uh, let's call it the, the connector with so many positions or rows. Uh, we have it. Uh, certainly others have something similar. Uh, and compare that to the B2C space, uh, a customer may need a flight from Chicago to New York. Uh, you know, reward points and, and uh, you know, uh, those kind of things aside, they need to know which one is going to be at the right time, at the right price, and has seats on the plane. Uh, if I can see Delta and United and American and Southwest all side by side by side uh, compared by price and flight times, it's going to make it easier for me. And that goes back to the easy and fast. Uh, and so aggregators are doing that in a, in a focused space and, and they are able to beat, or they, as you say, they are able, able to out Amazon, Amazon, because they have a, a, a focused group of products. Uh, those aggregators are, are doing a lot for us in regards to uh, getting our product noticed, uh, making it easy, easy for consumers who have that B2C mindset to find our products, uh, to find what we have available, when we have it available, at the right price, uh, and they're offering referral traffic to us. So aggregators are really pushing our uh, industry forward in the digital space. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash thecoolering. That's kulapartners.com slash thecoolering. And I think the parallel to travel on the consumer space is just so solid, too. I think most people listening um, will get that immediately. It's not a you know, leap, of, uh, leap of imagination yeah, exactly. at all. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I'd be curious. I, I, I admit that uh, I haven't uh, looked into the traffic trend data around sites like OEM Secrets or um, or Octopart, but uh, I would have to think that uh, as those uh, aggregation platforms um, get more and more, um, I guess, uh, road under their tires, um, uh, that they will, uh, you know, the, the, the use of those platforms will continue to increase in combination with buyers' a propensity to use those platforms increasing as uh, as the B two B buyer, um, I guess the 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 the, the laggard B two B buyers transitions mature out. their behavior online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you seeing uh, in your work with these aggregation platforms? I guess how. Um, uh, what dynamics are you seeing there beyond the fact that it's been a great referral source or what have you? Um, are you seeing that those platforms themselves are, you know, are, are, are seeing a, a fairly accelerated growth curve? They are. And, and it's tremendous. It's, it's probably two X our industry growth. Um, they have the ability to, to see not only what products consumers are interested that I'm selling, but, related products because they, they do offer a slightly larger scope of just uh, connectors and cables. So they can kind of go outside that box and see the entire BOM. And I think where a lot of aggregators are probably heading uh, is into deeper into the e-commerce space. Uh, right now they, they do very well on click traffic and uh, pay-per-click advertising uh, and even on-site marketing. Uh, but I do think there is a there is a place where they become an Amazon of their own, and they they offer kind of third party purchasing 
uh, direct on their site and, and whether they're uh, drop shipping from us as a, as a representative or as an on-site seller, uh, it's certainly a, a reach and exposure that, that they're going to take advantage of. And I, I think the other thing that's interesting too, I mean, we've talked a bit about e-commerce, we've talked a bit about the checkout processes and, and the, you know, what people are anticipating or expecting from their B2B purchases. Maybe we could talk a little bit as well about uh, how this extends more broadly into the digital marketing space. I mean, what are you seeing kind of beyond just the, the, um, the e-commerce experience in terms of generating more top of funnel traffic? Are you, are you seeing parallels with the B2C market there as well? Yeah, it's the, the top of funnel for us really comes from not only, uh, the aggregators, uh, but also distribution, um, EDA tools is, is another great avenue. Uh, and that's where I talk about having our, the on-site content that we have, I would say is, is best in class. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're on our site and you're ex- ex- experiencing Samtech and our on-site marketing, you are getting the best of the best of our product. Uh, what's important for me to, to do is to take that experience and take it off-site uh, and and have that ex- same experience felt, uh, whether it be at an, at an aggregator, at a distributor, uh, at an electronic design automation tool, uh, and and that just means having data portability, putting that data and that experience and, and the content that I have here at um, at every one of those channels, and and helping either direct through that channel to to their conversion point or eventually back to samtech.com. Uh, but I think the biggest impact is, is making sure the customer experiences what I expected them to experience on our own site, anywhere they do experience us. That, that's yeah, dead on. I mean, I, I think one of the, one of the challenges there of course, is in ensuring that your data and content is, is, uh, that the integrity is preserved as it's, uh, utilized elsewhere. Do you, um, what's your, kind of methodology for ensuring that the quality of the Samtech brand stays intact across the web? It, it largely depends on the channel I'm working with. Uh, I mean, a preference is, is an API approach where I, uh, I give you a- API access in the, the, the channel I'm, that I'm working with, whether let's, let's pick an aggregator at this point. Uh, if they're going to represent that product, when that product page on their site is pulled up, uh, I would hope they would call my API to get, current marketing content, uh, current product descriptions, current product uh, documentations. Uh, and even beyond that, something that I, I see as a major opportunity is, is offering the support, you know, the people support. Uh, Samtech is, is tremendous on customer service and support. We have, we have tech centers all over the country. Uh, we have a giant call center here that I'm sitting in, and, and our people are our biggest asset. Um, and if we, if we're able to, when you experience samtech.com, you do experience our chat support and our people, uh, whether it's a call or an email. Uh, but that doesn't have to only be accessed from samtech.com. I see that no matter what channel I go to, being able to offer not only the, the documentation and the inform, the product information, but the people to support it. Uh, I think, I think that's going to be a major opportunity in the next couple years. I think that's uh, that, that that's going to be huge. Uh, it's the one part of uh, the omni-channel experience that people really, I think, um, uh, are just now turning their attention to. That 
you know, it's a, a data integrity, et cetera, as Jeff mentioned, in, in, in ease of integration, all those pieces needed to be sorted. But I think now it's the, the, the attention can kind of, now Changing. it's almost like now it gets interesting. Yeah. Now, now it's all about delivering the best experience mm. possible. Exactly. As uh, since we're on this uh, crystal ball uh, train and looking towards 2019, um, anything else that you might uh, want to point towards as something that's coming around the corner that uh, our listeners would want to keep an eye out for? It it may be the most obvious answer, or or, or maybe not, but uh, it's it's data. Uh, understanding the the data that you're collecting on your own site. Uh, and, and really, this is mimicking uh, the giants of this e-commerce industry is is buying is getting the data that that helps to define buying habits. Um, knowing that it it seems simple that says you know we said at the beginning uh, because you bought this you might also like to buy that, uh, but understanding the natural tendency of what is what is this customer interested in, and what are they likely interested in that that is what makes B two C people so happy. Uh, is that it, it? Just as you said earlier, when you go back to that sock website and they they put in front of you the type of socks that you know they know you were interested in, you were very happy. Uh, and this, the pair of socks they put up for you is going to be different than the pair they put up for me, and that's based on our buying habits, based on our history. Uh, you've got to really forecast what the customer, what your visitors are going to going to want and expect and need personalize that website to provide them that. I don't know that a lot of people know that's happening uh, when you visit websites. Maybe maybe they think it's a coincidence, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I use it every day if I'm if I'm interested in something, uh, I don't I may not know where I'm going to buy it from or when I'm going to buy it, but I'll do on my phone. I'll do a quick Amazon search for for some sort of widget just because I want I want Amazon to remind me that I I wanted to buy that in about a week. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, search as reminder service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not bad. I feel like I need to, like, almost I need to clarify the sock comment because I, it could be serious value to listeners. Look, guys, something in the neighborhood of 15 years ago, I ordered socks online uh, from 10socks.com. Somebody broke into the package while it was on transit from Denmark. The thing about these pa- these socks is that they numbered the socks, pairs one through ten. They were just plain black socks, but they had numbers. So then, of course, you could always wear the number one with the number one to make sure that they faded in a consistent pattern. Good Lord. This is very critical. Whoa. But anyway, my tenth pair got stolen, so I only had pairs one through nine. It was good that they stole a pair, and however. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, I've so so there's that. And then, then I'm now standardized on the Tilly Endurable Sock, a good Canadian company. Um, and these are guaranteed hole-free for three years. And I can tell you that they will go hole-free for at least a decade. So, uh, uh, Daniel, your sock buying days may be over. If you go to Tilly and buy uh, these incredibly expensive travel socks, you will be a happy man. Just avoid the hats. I I believe that my sock buying days are over. I, I thought I had had the, the market cornered when I suggested to everyone I know just buy all black socks. Yeah. That way you'll never have to pair them again. Uh, I don't know that I want numbers on them because otherwise I'm going to pair one with four and three with seven. You just get I just, your whole day. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I don't want to do laundry in, in the way that folding socks matches up one and three. I just want 
a big pile of black socks. I'm with you. See, now this is the value that our listeners can get from this podcast. <laughs> Each else. and every episode, uh, there's just the, this extra little bit of life advice at yeah. the end, maybe. Um, News you can use. Th- we could use this uh, maybe as a, something we can carry forward. <laughs> maybe the most useful thing we've said all day. <laughs> Probably so. Potentially. Well, Daniel, at that, uh, on that note, I, I think maybe we uh, let the listeners judge and uh, maybe they can uh, let us know if they thought the uh, sock discussion was helpful or if the B2C versus B2B experience was helpful. I can tell you that it's been a great conversation uh, uh, from my perspective. I, I think we've we've unpacked that um, that discussion uh, quite a bit further. I love the the parallel with uh, with travel uh, and the aggregator uh, platforms that you mentioned. I think this is incredibly helpful um, uh, perspective. And uh, generally speaking, I, I, I've I've really enjoyed um, the uh, the perspective you brought to today's show. So thank you for that. Thank you guys as well. I, I did really enjoy it today. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.